Welcome to CalCast, your creator national podcast. Episode 81. Welcome, GNN fans, to another episode of God Network News, the podcast that tells you what God's doing around the world, not what CNN tells you, but what GNN tells you is going on in the world. If you're tired of listening to all of that crisis network news and you want to hear what God's doing, well, give us a listen. Welcome, God Network News fans, to another incredible episode of God Network News. We're here giving you the greatest news about what God's doing around the world. Not what CNN tells you, but what GNN, God Network News, tells you. Because we're not looking for the crises that are made by man. We're looking at the incredible things that God is doing around the world. And let me tell you, that's those stories you will not uh, see on CNN or many of the other uh, networks. So if you're looking for an alternative, this is the place to find find it, an alternative news of what God's doing, what what from his perspective is happening in the world today. And I'm thinking, in my opinion, that's the most important thing. So in this episode, uh, we have an exciting interview that's being done by some friends of ours, a ministry called the Point of View Radio Station. Point of View Radio Station interviewed two very good friends of ours, Kent Parks and Justin Long. Fantastic brothers that are really world-renowned missiologists, uh, experts in the area of missions and what God's doing, especially amongst unreached peoples. But also, how is he doing it? What are the stats? What are the results? These guys are the ones that are the the top of the line experts. So we're really privileged to hear what they have to say about what is it going to really take for us to reach this world completely for Jesus? What is it going to take for us to keep up, in fact, overcome the population growth of some of these unreached people groups? We've had many, many millions of unreached peoples come to the Lord in the past 10, 15, 20 years, but we're barely keeping up with the population growth of some of these groups. So how are we going to see exponential growth? How are we going to see multiplication rather than just addition in our church planting work amongst these peoples? And so these are the questions that are being asked and answers being given. And this is the part one of this uh, interview done by our friends at Point of View Radio. If you want to know about Point of View, just do a Google search on them. And I encourage you to subscribe to their uh, radio station podcast and their netcast. And so without further ado, let's listen to these amazing brothers, Kent Parks and Justin Long. Thank you for joining me today 
here on Point of View. We're going to be spending some time in this first hour talking about the International Day for the Unreached. Kent Parks is the president and CEO of Beyond. We have a link to that website, an individual who actually was a pastor for a number of years before going to the mission field. I want to talk about that in a minute. Also has been a seminary professor, academic dean, a graduate of Hardin-Simmons, and has an MDiv and PhD from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. So, Kent, thank you for joining us today here on Point of View. A great privilege to be with you. Appreciate you having us. Might also mention that Justin Long is with us as well. He is a global missions researcher and also serves with Beyond as Director of Global research and uh, we also have a link to your website so justin thank you for being here as well thanks for having us let's if we can uh, start with the obvious 2.5 billion people have never had a chance to hear about jesus christ tell us more if you might it's an access definition it means that from within their culture they cannot hear or see good news and 86% one way of saying it is 86% of muslims hindus and buddhists have never met a Christ follower. Mm -hmm. So how can they hear? Yeah. So it's a vast, uh, disproportionate reality we've got to help change. Well, and again, one of the other numbers that we have on a video that we have a link to in case people would like to use that, 7,000 people die every day without hearing about Christ. If you add up the number of people who are born in the world who uh, will grow up and never hear the gospel and you subtract out the number of people uh who die, the, the net effect of that is that the unreached population is growing in the world. The, the, the terrible part of that is the dying, is the number of people that are perishing who, will, who have never heard of Christ, uh, Christianity, or the gospel, and that works out to about one every two seconds. Yeah, it's just incredible. Let me come back to you, Kent, for just a minute, because you've been a pastor, and one of the other statistics that you see in the video, which we've encouraged people to watch, matter of fact, let me just say that right now. You know the drill if you listen to Point of View. We want you to watch the video. It's very easy to watch. And then click that share button and put it on your Facebook page, maybe if you have a Twitter feed, uh, maybe send it as an email, maybe even to your own pastor that may have not had a chance to hear this program or something like that and start a conversation. But 2.5 billion people have never had a chance to hear Jesus, the story of the gospel. 70,000 people die each day without the gospel. But Ken, I want to come back to you. Less than 1% of church budgets go towards reaching the unreached with the gospel. We need to turn that around, don't we? We definitely need to turn it around, and, and it comes down to vision. It comes down to believing that these people need to have that chance. The challenge is they are difficult to reach for a number of reasons, but somehow we have lost that vision in a lot of parts of the world, not just the North American church. But when we go there, we're finding response when we get there. But we've got to get there. Well, and again, this was surprising to me because I do interact with a lot of churches and have uh, talked about missions. And I'm aware of a lot of churches that have said we want to make a big emphasis on the unreached and to uh, hit the 1040 window and to reach unreached people groups and to send missionaries there. So in some respects, what I'm running into, maybe I'm running into more mission-oriented churches, which by definition probably I am, uh, that shows how much worse it is somewhere else. Because if it's one less than 1%, and I know of some that are spending significant amounts of time, energy, and money and financial resources, it just shows you how much more important it is to have this Pentecost Sunday be a time of focusing on the unreached people groups. 
Well, with Pentecost Sunday, where all of so many languages heard the gospel for the first time, a, a lot of the mission activity that people call unreached people activity is actually not. It's actually working with existing Christians who may be in a challenging situation rather than going where the good news never has been and the believers are not. Justin, let me talk about that for just a minute because that's one of the things I picked up from reading some of this material is that uh, there are some abuses with the word unreached. Can you speak to that? Well, the definition of unreached is uh, it has to do with a people group where there's not an indigenous church that is able to bring the gospel to that group without cross-cultural assistance. And unfortunately, because um, the concept of reaching the unreached has attracted a great deal of attention and in some instances has attracted, you know, mobilization money and mobilization um, manpower, uh, there is a tendency uh, to call things unreached that honestly are not unreached. Um, oftentimes what we find are, are people will call uh, certain groups of Christians or e even certain groups of non-Christians, uh, they'll label them as unreached because they are not yet Christian. And, and it's an easy mental thing to do. We think, oh, they're not believers, so the gospel must not have reached them yet. Right. But in reality, um, if, if you look at the overall statistics, you realize, uh, yes, there are a lot of indigenous churches there. And if they were equipped with the right strategy and if they were focused on the people around them, they could do that job. And therefore, the gospel has reached that area. Maybe not every individual, yeah. but it has reached the group. Geographically, where are these? I mentioned the 1040 window, and that may or may not have connected with some of our listeners, but I've seen one of the maps that you have there, mm -hmm. and when you look at that, where the circles are, that gives you a little bit of an idea of where these unreached groups might be. Can you give us a bit of a perspective on that? The bulk of the unreached groups in the world um, do lie within the 1040 window, which is basically Middle East, North Africa, uh, and then a strip across Asia. It's technically from 10 degrees north to 40 degrees north of the equator, and it's a nice right. little box. It's a little too neat of a box because it doesn't include Indonesia. Most of the population of the world that's not Christian and most of the groups are going to lie somewhere between India, China, and Indonesia. But mm -hmm. there are significant numbers of groups, um, just smaller populations in Middle East and North Africa as well. And again, for people to understand what this is like, uh, one of my colleagues went into a village, and I won't identify, but it was up in the high, high mountains in the Himalayas. And they were talking to this particular group through translators about who Jesus was. And at the end, they said, well, this Jesus sounds like a really interesting person. Which one of you is Jesus? Mm -hmm. right. Now, to have a question like that shows you how disconnected they were from what we today take mm -hmm. for granted in terms of the gospel. So when we come back, I want to talk about uh, this in more detail. And by the way, if you have some comments or questions along the way, feel free to give us a call, 1-800-351-1212. I also really want to challenge those of you that are in positions of church leadership. You have a few days to maybe turn some things around here. So if you're a pastor, Sunday school leader, Bible fellowship leader, Sunday school leader, a small group leader, there's some things you can do. And we have some websites and some resources for you. So let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll continue our conversation about the International Day of Prayer for the Unreached. All that coming up right after this. 
Schwartz and Justin Long in studio with us today. And I might just point you to beyond.org. We're going to talk about uh, some of the resources that are available. And again, also would encourage your phone calls. Perhaps you have some questions or maybe you've been involved in missions or thinking about missions. If you'd like to join us, 1-800-351-1212. But if you click on our website, pointofview.net, first of all, you will see the various uh, individuals that we're interviewing today. And uh, whether it's uh, Kent Parks or Justin Long, we have a link to their Twitter page and their Facebook page. You also can click on the website and go to beyond.org. And so that will tell you some material. And then we also have a link to the International Day for the Unreached. Kent, talk about for just a minute, what's at beyond.org? Because there's some videos there. And one of the things I encourage people to do Especially watch this one very compelling video. It's about a minute and a half long. It doesn't take long at all. Watch the video. Click that share button. Put it on your Facebook page or your Twitter page or send it to somebody by email. Get them thinking about the unreached people. But what other resources are available as they go to beyond.org? So some of the videos are how-to videos, how to prayer walk, and some of those things. There, This video you referred to is a, about a movement that's just amazing, and it's it's brief. Uh then there are some uh, events, some training events, online training events, nugget trainings that we talk about. Uh, I believe that's on the events page. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then there are other resources, documents, and so forth under the resources tab. I might just mention also we have a link to justinlong.org. Now, again, a lot of that's your material, but that's where I far, first saw that chart, uh, that the map, if you will, that shows the non-Christian population uh, that you had posted, as well as some of the other things. So, again, that's just another resource page if people want to find it, right? Yeah. So I have, uh, I've got my personal uh, blog there where I, I post uh, articles from time to time. There's also a collection of essays that are there, mm-hmm. uh, as well as pointers to uh, recommended resources. Uh, two of the most frequently, uh, two of the most frequent pages that people go to on the website. One is a curated list of, I think it's a couple hundred missionary biographies. So if you'd like to yes. read the life stories of some mm-hmm. people, there's that. And there's also a curated list to prayer guides. Every known prayer guide that I know about for any people group in the world, any prayer campaign uh, is linked on that website. Well, let me mention that for just a minute, because one of the things that I think we can be doing as parents and grandparents is occasionally reading to our children or encouraging them to read some of these missionary biographies. And uh, that's something that uh, used to be done quite a bit. It doesn't uh, seem to be taking place as much, but I think that if parents and grandparents want to be intentional, that's a resource that you have available right there on your website. Yeah. Every time I talk to uh, a potential uh, candidate, and oftentimes when I talk to somebody who's had lots of experience on the field and I ask them how they got started in missions, Nearly always, top of the list, one of the first two or three things that they mentioned to me is they read this great missionary biography. Yeah, uh, It's such a powerful tool. Uh, our kids are homeschooled. We do the Sunlight Program, and they have a bunch of uh, missionary biographies that they do through the course of that program that have been very impactful for them, too. So, again, for those of you that are homeschoolers, but even if your kids are in Christian school, public school, uh, there's some great resources there as well. Now, Ken, let's see if we can talk about some of these movements. You sort of alluded to that in passing. Um, there is a sense in which we can get just overwhelmed, two and a half billion. I can't even get my head around that number and how big it is and how huge the world is. But again, as the old saying goes, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? How do you reach the world, you know, one person, one movement at a time? Can you talk about some of those movements that are actually very encouraging to us? Well, and, and I'll begin with the basis of the movements. 
because we have often misread what Jesus told us to do. Uh, when he said make disciples, he didn't stop there. He said make disciples of all ethne, all ethnic groups. And when you unpack this throughout the Gospels, you find that he says basically disciple whole groups. And we're seeing this happen. It happened with him. He reached whole groups. He discipled whole people groups. Doesn't mean everybody believes, but it's about making reproducing disciples. So it's not about making converts who say, yes, I believe these theological facts about Jesus. It's about teaching them to love and obey and do everything Jesus commanded. When that happens, it goes exponential because groups start groups who start groups who start groups of disciples who serve their community, feed the poor, help the sick, disciple new people, start new churches. And so there are movements around the world, and Justin's been one of the key researchers pulling this data together, that literally go generations deep in four and five years of churches who've started churches to four and five generations of grandchildren churches, if you will, who are changing their society from within. The only way to solve this huge number, and you're right, it overwhelms us who deal with it every day, is an exponential approach. Uh, we cannot do discipleship one by one by one. It's not going to work. But we're seeing movements that are multiplying to tens of thousands of congregations in a few short, relatively short number of years. Justin, you've been researching that, but it seems to me that's a scriptural principle that we teach faithful men who will mm -hmm. teach others also. So speak to that issue mm -hmm. if you might. The thing that's always struck me is uh, whenever I'm, I'm teaching this in, in, like in perspectives or something is we start looking at Matthew 28. And Matthew 28 says, go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples. And in there it says, uh, teaching them, and then what comes next? It's to, to obey. obey. Mm -hmm. We get really caught up in, in the teaching people knowledge bit where what Jesus was telling us to do is to teach people to obey. Part of teaching them to obey is teaching them to obey Matthew 28, which means teaching others. So you get this kind of viral loop going all the time. Uh, the other interesting thing uh, about the way most movements work is that it really doesn't go necessarily pe uh, person by person. It goes household by household. And you can get a much bigger viral effect in a sense when you see whole households convert and then they bring other households uh, to faith as well. So again, just uh, some great training that's taking place. You mentioned perspectives. Let's talk about that for just a minute, because some of our listeners might be saying, I really would like to create a missions-oriented church, but right now I need something to maybe springboard that. Uh, mm -hmm. That seems to be at least one curriculum that works very well. And is usually available in any major city. Uh, they they have multiple churches come together. I like mm -hmm. that bit where you've got multiple right. groups coming together to host perspectives. Uh, one of the great perspectives is uh, a multi-week missions course. And one of the great things is every week you get a different speaker. Uh, and it's centered on what that speaker is really good at. So, for example, I only do lesson nine. I do the statistics lesson. Mm -hmm. uh, Kent does lesson Thir 13, 13 14. and 14, the, basically the ones centered around movements. Mm -hmm. So you get somebody who's really passionate about and, and good at talking through the issues related to the, to the mm -hmm. concept of that, of that week. And then you've got readings afterward. So really powerful uh, initial introduction to what missions is. The, the summary of the lesson is it's a 15 week course, mm -hmm. biblical basis of mission, history of missions, uh, the cultural adaptation element of mission and the strategy of mission. And I, 
have talked to many, many people literally around the world, but many in the U.S., and because I often teach at the end of the course, I see people after people after people saying, this has radically changed me. Yes. Give me an understanding of missions. And it, as one 70-year-old friend said, it ruined me <laughs> because it, it blew away his traditional structures and made him much more effective. The teaching is one way to really radically change your mm-hmm. worldview. Another is to send them to short-term missions. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, sometimes you get somebody out on the mission field, they have a different perspective than they ever had before. True. Uh, some mission trips, yes, and some no. <laughs> oh, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. <laughs> but but if if they're done right, if they're yeah. visioning, if they're effective for long term strategy, uh, yes, it can it can be a life changer. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. We need to take a break, but when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more. You know, one of the issues we talk about is Islam, and I'd love to, especially since you talked about how few Muslims actually know a Christ follower. How can we begin to turn that around? But also, when we come back, I want to spend a little bit more uh, time talking about what we can do to equip the church right now, and that is the local church, because some of you are listening right now that may be pastors or Sunday school leaders or Bible fellowship leaders or small group leaders. Some of you may know some, and you are listening right now and can pass this information on. So I want to talk again about some of the great resources available at the website. And, of course, we also have links to both of your individuals twitter accounts and facebook accounts so there's some great resources that i would encourage you to take advantage of as well and if you'd like to join the conversation as we talk about world missions and in particular focusing on the unreached people's groups 2.5 billion people have never even had a chance to hear the gospel many of them do not know anybody who is a christian and how important it is for us to really begin to channel resources, both human resources and financial resources. I really want to encourage you to uh, join the conversation today. And you can do that by making a phone call. That number is 1-800-351-1212. Might also mention that we do broadcast on Facebook Live in addition to our own broadcast. And so if you want to leave a comment there, I'll read that on the air. And we'd love to hear a little bit more about uh, your thoughts and even your questions about missions, world missions, and unreached peoples. We've got a lot more to talk about. We'll do that right after this. 